Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace. Strengthening the Saints Against Islam's Assault on North America. Well, welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. This is Tom Wallace. Yesterday we talked about Christians in politics and how so many, or rather so few, Christians actually get out there and vote. Let me encourage you, please. If you do vote, vote for righteousness. Be the salt and light. If Christians were to do it, we would see a great change in our nation, in the political front, those who govern us as executive leaders, those who legislate by giving us laws, those who judge us in the courts. As I said yesterday, if you do not vote, if you're not registered to vote, then you are giving those whom you disagree with power over you. It's foolish. Why would you do that? And uh, this idea, this notion that Christians should not be involved in politics is dangerous to our society. That's exactly what the left, what the ungodly, once they want you as Christians not to get involved. And I believe most of people who, you know, toot that horn, who stand on that campaign ground, in truth, it tells us that you're, I believe really, that you're just cowards, that you are afraid to stand up and speak up for what is right. And, um, and it's a shame because you're giving our nation a terrible, terrible future. And I pray to God that we would have people with courage who will stand up, not just just to vote, but also get involved in the political issues. I encourage this of kids as I speak to young people. If God is not calling you into the ministry, then please serve our God in some way in government, in local government, state government, national government. Uh, we need godly Christian people who will stand forth and serve the Lord in these areas. In a moment, I'm going to read to you something that I came across from a British website, Politics in the Bible, and it goes through the whole Bible, and I'm going to share this with you here in a moment. Before we do, let me quickly remind you that we are still in our fall fundraising campaign. We're nearing the end of our time. We've just got about, you know, nine days left or so to try to finish to raise about $8,000. Our goal is $20,000. Would you help us with a call today? Uh, this is the hardest part of these campaigns, to get the last bit in. Some people are waiting. There's a lot of great needs out there, and you're waiting to see who really needs your dollars, uh, who's, uh, who's not meeting their goals. And uh, we're at that stage. Would you give us a call? The number is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. Again, you can always give safely, securely online at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. The Bible is highly political, with loads of examples of men and women engaging in political life. And someone wrote this here to kind of give you a rundown through the Bible of political views and engagement. In the book of Genesis, we receive the cultural mandate that develops institutions upon the earth. And one of these institutions is government. 
a secular government, but still subject to God. Everyone who serves, the Bible refers to them as ministers of God. Um, the book of Exodus, we see how Moses was a deeply political figure. And we begin to receive the laws that express God's heart for good government with strong emphasis upon personal and corporate morality and caring for the poor. The book of Leviticus shows us how the law is designed to cover all the dimensions of the nation's relationships with God and with one another and with the rest of the people on earth. In the book of Numbers, uh, the Numbers uh, proposes a democratic process under God with the selection of representative leadership. The book of Deuteronomy affirms the idea of equality under the law for kings and subjects alike. The book of Joshua shows the need for integrity of leadership and strong national identity in which morality is required as a distinction for God's people. The book of Judges shows us how the Lord raises up and empowers people to lead the nation out of sin, out of error, and for judgment. The book of Ruth shows us how social responsibility transcends legal contracts. The book First and Second Samuel reaffirm equality under the law. The book of First and Second Kings charts the good, the bad, and the ugly of how to govern. These books show how leaders are subject to greater accountability for their actions. In the books of First and Second Chronicles, it shows the Lord's heart for government through the reply to Solomon's request for wisdom to govern. They place the responsibility for national renewal with God's people. The book of Ezra demonstrates the power of the word to restore identity and direction to the people. The book of Nehemiah teaches us how we learn about how the restoration of authority transcends. The book of Esther is where we learn how Esther and Mordecai were raised up to lobby the authorities to save their people. The book of Job teaches us about trusting a sovereign God while in trials. The book of Psalms covers the whole range of effects of the human condition and the righteousness of God. The book of Proverbs was written to instruct princes how to govern when they become kings. The book of Ecclesiastes talks about wisdom needed to rule. The book of Solomon describes our relational priorities. The book of Isaiah describes the coming Savior and his kingdom the increase of whose government there shall be no end. The book of Jeremiah illustrates the need to speak the truth to those in power. The book of Lamentations shows how God can use one nation to punish another. The book of Ezekiel describes how the river from the temple heals the nations. The book of Daniel demonstrates, is full of this, de demonstrates that God's people can be called to rule in a foreign pagan culture with an implicit recognition for engagement in politics, that there's a time sometimes to defy and times to comply for the people of God. 
With Daniel, we see how integrity is tied to identity and how the role of the prophetic is important for governmental power. The book of Hosea attacks hedonism and the abuse of wealth. The book of Joel challenges public consciousness. Amos exposes hypocritical rulers. Obadiah affirms that justice cannot be escaped. Jonah speaks of the responsibility beyond the borders of our own nation and ethnicity. The book of Micah emphasizes the importance of morality, integrity, and justice. Nahum explains how freedom can bring both curse and blessings to a nation. Habakkuk talks about God's care for those who are poor and needy. Zephaniah binds belief with action and demands clear identity. Haggai reorders our social priorities in light of God's holiness. Zechariah reaffirms the absolute authority of God. And finally, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, warns against complacency and idolatry in the national life. Then we turn to the New Testament, where we get to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all citing that governing supremacy of Christ through his statement that all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. When Jesus told Pilate that you would have no power over me unless it has been given, unless, unless the power is given to you from above. The book of Acts tells us and demonstrates for us a unified and equal community that is governed by counsel, consensus, and majority. It illustrates the need to speak truth to power and proposes new forms of citizenship. It also shows and illustrates the need for religious freedom. The book of Romans shows the value of secular government and critiques the human effects of state-sanctioned idolatry. Crucially, in stating that the political authority is God's servants for our good. Paul also affirms that political authority comes from God for our benefit. First and second Corinthians is identifying the flawed wisdom of holy philosophies, establishes the need for moral reference beyond human ideologies. The book of Galatians explains the radical, totalizing freedom given by Christ, that the gospel both necessitates, requires, and sustains freedom. The book of Ephesians describes human responsibility in the spiritual battle and informs earthly authority and states how the church is to communicate the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and the authorities that are in heavenly realms. The book of Philippians encourages humility and hope in the face of suffering and challenges abuses related to social status. Colossians affirms the supremacy of Christ in human affairs by stating that thrones and dominions and authorities, all things were created through him and for him. First and second Thessalonians confirms the value uh, and dignity of labor and asserts the necessity for the rule of law. First and second Timothy compels believers to pray for government. Uh, uh, that there's a priority for the gospel values 
and values the counsel of elderly people and encourages young people to lead, explains the role of charity, warns against the corruption corruption of that, that wealth can bring, and describes a godless society. The book of Titus discusses authority amongst diverse social groups. Philemon deals with slavery and with labor. The book of Hebrews confirms the equality of all people before God and how justice is invisible from mercy. The book of James explains how deeds uh, must accompany words, that favoritism is forbidden in leadership, and that, uh, and that the focus upon developing good language and communication is essential for leadership. First Peter calls for believers to be subject to the Lord's, uh, for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor or to governors. Second Peter asserts the value of clear conscience and good teaching for leadership. First and second, third John describes the institution, uh, institutional nature of sin and the need to provide good role models for leadership. Jude attacks bad role models for leadership and shows how when abused authority can be abdicated. And finally, the book of Revelation affirms the dominion of the kingdom of God above earthly empires. Folks, it's clear. The Bible is a political book. God deals with all of the affairs of man. And his order, his path of righteousness is the one that you and I must lift up and vote for if we want our nations to be blessed of God. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.